Word spell did you guys cast? This is Kevin, and welcome to Word of the Witches. Here now, the words of the witches. All right, so welcome to Words of the Witches bonus episode 12. <laughs> and today i have ashley yeah ah! Ah! <laughs> for quite a while now talking off and on on the interwebs <laughs> so i was very excited to have you and i've wanted you since the beginning since i started this podcast so it's finally happening i know and i know that i said yes and then things got confusing and then life happened and then I got a job and then internet stuff happened but I'm here now yay yay <laughs> and it's so nice to see your shining face <laughs> <laughs> filter filter <laughs> filter <laughs> but yeah you are um you know I consider you a pretty profound wonderful interpreter of narratives <laughs> Aww, thank you and uh, you have been doing a lot of writing recently, which is exciting. Tell us about okay. your project with that. Um, it's actually uh, kind of my writing kind of started six years ago. Um, now going on 11 years ago, I had this idea pop in my head and I'm just like, oh man, that would make a great movie. And this kind of mythos was building and building and building and then after five years I'm like okay maybe I should just try and write something down so I started working on it as a screenplay which took five years and then I had a lovely mental breakdown last year super fun mm. and during that time I was doing a lot of reading and I was thinking in that time like you know what I think my story might be better uh which was planned as a trilogy I'm like I think it might be suited better to be a book series because there are things you can do in film that you can't do in books and things you can do in books that you can't do in films. And one of the things that you can definitely explore in a book is mythology. You can't really do that in a film. So I started adapting this screenplay into a book. And then within a couple months I had written one book and then I came up with this other concept and then I'm like, that came developed into a seven book series and, and and then I came up with another book concept so I was like juggling three different things and now suddenly I've completed like five books and I have one of them published and it's it's nuts it's been massive seeing all of your updates and there's more and more it's I mean you're creating a whole world so that's pretty amazing <laughs> it's it's fun it's crazy but I'm passionate about it and you know it's kind of the same thing that I love about 
all Charmed and all shows that are about paranormal supernatural, it's, it's the mythology that I always am drawn to and now I'm just creating my own. Yay. <laughs> See, that's beautiful. Well, speaking of, you know, Charmed, you know, how did you, I mean, you're one of the, like the few people who I think are as obsessed as me. So <laughs> um, how did that, you know, come to fruition? How did you discover the show? Um, I remember, uh, 1998, <laughs> uh, it was, I saw the very first trailer on TV and, you know, even though I don't remember all the details of the trailer, I definitely remember parts and I remember how I felt. And I remember, you know, the chandelier lighting up. I remember the you know, this image of the moon on a dark night and a rainstorm and just, you know, it really got you in the mood that something really magical was about to happen. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know what this show is, but I really want to see it. And I was only like seven at the time, but I was just like, yeah, I really want to watch the show. And it was pretty much love at first sight after that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, give you that eeriness and the mysteriousness and that intrigue right away. Totally. So... it was a beautiful time I wish I wish I could go back th- to that time that was a good time me too <laughs> really great times oh my goodness mm. <laughs> and it did it air on the same date in Australia October 7th or was it a little bit later no it, it definitely didn't air at the same time it may have even aired in 1999 maybe but yeah because usually whatever happens in the u.s we might either get it at the same time or we might get it a few months later depending on like if it's one of those shows where they're like "Mm, we're not sure if we're really going to pick it up yet Mm -hmm. so we're not going to send it to other countries i don't know i'd have to google that yeah curious (laughs) (laughs) you think i would know but my brain is like so stuck on like american knowledge that it doesn't even realize it's like you know we're in australia right it's like yeah whatever oh you know it's there right (laughs) (laughs) yeah so today we're not going to be talking about any books or comics or novels because we're in a bonus episode we're gonna talk about death and the afterlife what fun stuff (laughs) (laughs) tears may be shed Tears may be shed. So I prepare myself. I should have brought tissues. Oh, I can run to them if I need to. <laughs> uh, and this came into mind for a good topic for you because of what you said while I was covering the novels uh, right between um, the Prue and Page books. And mm-hmm. so um, I really enjoyed what you said about why they didn't bring Prue back. Um, so let's tell the world if they didn't listen to those why you thought it might have been cruel to bring Prue back that early and why you're glad that (laughs) she didn't disappear. We know that for, you know, uh, behind the scenes reasons, it wasn't going to happen. But even if that had been an option, I don't think that they should have done it. It would not have suited the story. How it ended up being written ended up being such a well thought out depiction on grief in a, in a subject matter where we're dealing with magic. And here's one thing that I will say, because you in the previous episode, <laughs> you, you're talking to Chase Hansfield and you're just like, I didn't get my closure. It's like, I wanted to see Prue. And I'm just like, <laughs> and here's the thing. And I'm hoping when I say this, that charmed fans will kind of relax a little bit. 
when we, every charmed viewer was Piper. We were all Piper. We were all in that same mindset she had, which is, and while she was grieving, she also wasn't grieving. She, at the same time where she's like, Prue's dead, she also hadn't accepted that Prue's dead. Mm-hmm. And here's one line that will tell you exactly why that is. She's mad. We've had the funeral. She's gone to the attic. She's like, that's it. She's like, I want to talk to my sister. I need to talk to my, sister. To my and, sister. And Graham shows up and it's like, oh, come on. It's like, Graham's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Graham says that she's busy and it's just like you're dead how can you be busy you know <laughs> and she explains she's like your mother and I are helping her through this yeah yeah obviously <laughs> Graham's didn't want to say the word she didn't want to bring up Prue but she's like we were helping Prue and she and Piper says oh okay and she asks how is she you can't ask that of the dead that one question shows she hasn't completely accepted that Prue's gone. And that's exactly why she can't see her. Because then if she does see her, she gets to keep her alive and she doesn't get to be like, oh, she's not dead. I can just call her whenever I want. Yeah. That prevents you from grieving. She needed to accept that. The person she has turned to her entire life, she says that we see her when she finally has her breakdown. She's like, she has been there my whole life. Piper in that one scene did what she was a reflex for her to do her entire life. When she needed help, when she needed guidance, she turned to Prue. Mm -hmm. And in her grief, she went back to that habit of what do I do when I need help? I turn to my sister. And that's what she kept trying to do. She kept trying to turn to Prue when she has to realize she can't do that anymore. Prue is gone and she has to accept that. And she wasn't really able to compartmentalize things properly. So while she's saying Prue's dead, she's saying the words, but she's not completely believing them. Believing, yeah. And that's why we don't see her really have a breakdown and accept Prue's death until hell hath no fury. And so even though Grams is saying you know, about destiny. It really isn't about destiny. It's not not about, you know, reconstituting the charm ones. It's about accepting that when someone's gone, they're gone. And we, as every viewer were Piper, we're just like, well, magic exists. So we can see her again. We were angry. We were, you know, grieving in different ways. We're not, we weren't ready to really let her go. We wanted her to still be alive. And I get exactly what you're saying. And that is grief. (laughs) Yeah is life you know we lose someone and maybe it whether it's someone we love or someone we hated we're just like i i didn't get to say what i wanted to say i didn't get to say goodbye i didn't get to tell them i love them we were feeling all the same things piper was feeling and we were also in that mentality of well magic exists so we can get her back and we Mm -hmm. can do that and that's just not life you can't do that and piper needed to learn that she couldn't do that she also needed to mentally prepare for the fact that she was now the matriarch of the family. It was Prue and now it was her. It was now going to be her job to take care of the family and do all that stuff. So she needed to learn that she had to let go and she couldn't have that mindset of turning to Prue anymore. And she became a kick-ass matriarch of that family. So (laughs) it worked worked out. (laughs) But as you said, why I said it would be cruel 
is that nobody ever really looked at it from Prue's perspective. Right. Like is a selfish Graham, we're our selfishness, you know. Yeah. Graham's exactly said that she and Patty were helping Prue adjust to the fact that she's dead. You know, one minute she's alive, she's doing her thing, and then she's gone. Any dreams, aspirations, things she may have wanted to do in her life, she doesn't get to do that anymore. She has to accept that she's not going to see her sisters again. She's not going to have a life with them. She's, I don't know, if she wanted to win a Pulitzer Prize for photography, she's not going to ever do that. She has to come to terms with her own death. And if she is among the living and talking to Piper, she can't do that. And it's kind of just a cruel reminder of a life she can't have. And you don't know how long around. Yeah, she might. We've seen that happen (laughs) with many ghosts who can't accept their death and Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been fair to her. And we don't know how long that could take for a week because time moves differently in the spiritual world. So it could take her, you know, she could come to terms with it fast, could take her years where it's just like, (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm dead. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, it wouldn't have been fair to either of them to have that happen as much as we may have wanted it to but the fact that we felt the same anger and frustration as Piper was really just us all experiencing the grief of Prue's death for sure and it's fitting Mm -hmm. and I love how you talked about how you know even when they brought back Grams and they (laughs) saw Patty it was you know years after the fact you know this was with Prue is still relatively fresh yeah so you know, it makes sense why they need to have, I mean, not to say that they can't bring her back someday, but it's, it's still too new. It has to be, you know, you need a lot of that time to, to find your own self outside of Prue. <laughs> so I get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. We've, we've seen that, uh, you know, we know that Grams had communed with um, Patty after her death, but mm-hmm. we're talking like 20 years after she died. Yeah. Um, And we can tell even though, you know, the show sometimes writers mix some stuff up. Uh, <laughs> if if we go into season eight and we're in the final episode and, and you know, they're collecting Grams and Patty from the past, uh, Patty walks into a room and, and Grams faints. You know, <laughs> she passes out because she's looking at her dead daughter. And she's yeah. like, well, you're meant to be dead. And it's like, yeah, I just heard. But the <laughs> fact that she passed out kind of was an indicator she hadn't been going around and summoning her. I really also right. don't think she would have had the time. So she knew better. So she wasn't she wasn't communing with her daughter like cuz I mean that's her daughter, but she still yeah. obviously she wasn't doing that. And the Probably other not time, until the girls were adults, you know. Yeah, and even then it wasn't to, you know, shoot the breeze. It was to <laughs> discuss whether or not they should be fulfilling their charmed destiny. Right. It was a it was a big deal and it's a big magical deal and it's like well i need a second opinion on this one so i'll <laughs> i'll speak to their mother so and even though we the girls see penny just two years after um she died it wasn't again it was uh she was being magically helpful she was also being magically cryptic was a pain in the ass thank you very much for withholding <laughs> parts of the book of shadows thanks <laughs> could have been a little helpful if you just you know let them see the whole page that'd be great um but uh, one thing that's established is that the girls had a very different relationship with grams than they did to prue and even though grams did she was the sole provider she was 
helping bring up three children. Um, and we all know Grams is a badass witch. So <laughs> right. Nobody's going to deny that. <laughs> but here's my question to you. Who raised the girls? You mean like, was it Grams or was it Prue? Mm. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> in, the, in the history of the show, we know for a fact, going back to the very first episode, it was Prue who raised Piper and Phoebe. Yeah. In the very first episode, it's like she had to sacrifice her own childhood to help raise us. And yeah, we know yeah, that Grams, yeah. is, Grams <laughs> is a badass witch. Do you think she just retired because her daughter died? Or do you think during that time she was still going off and saving Fighting the around? innocent? Right, right. Yeah, so <laughs> she's either leaving the girls at, like, Andy's house with his parents because we know they were childhood friends, or she's possibly, which happens, I'm not dissing Grams, but people do this where maybe she left the girls at home alone with Prue taking after them and it that's not a diss at Graham's but we have seen throughout the show that as soon as Patty died Prue had to step into the role of parent they didn't have a mom they didn't have a dad Mm -hmm. she became the protector she became the mom she became the dad and it was a very different dynamic for the girls for Piper, she was always closest to Prue because she had those years before Patty died to bond with her. Phoebe didn't. So Phoebe was never when she had a rebellious period. She wasn't really rebelling against Graham. She was rebelling against Prue because right. Prue was the authority figure. She was like superseding and like trying to approve everything she did, every action. And yeah. Whereas Graham's, even <laughs> though she's a badass, was a bit more lenient. She's just like, you know, you got to think about your future. Whereas Prue's like, you don't have a future. You know, you're just, you're just a man. <laughs> And it's like, thanks a lot. Well, I'm leaving off to New York. See ya. But at the same time, you know, we've had episodes where um, <clears throat> where we're going through and even when it's uh, when we in season two and uh, they get into that lovely little car accident, thanks to a dark lighter. And, you know, they're flashing back to a time where there was a previous car accident. And they're like, Grams was really hard on Prue. You know, Phoebe got hurt. And Grams was like laying into Prue. Like Grams was concerned that Phoebe got hurt. She wasn't concerned Prue got hurt. She was just like, you're meant to be the responsible one. You're meant to be taking care of your sisters. And that shows that there's a different dynamic. When in Rewitched, we flash back to the girls just before Penny died. Um, It's the same thing. Uh, Grams is saying to Piper, you know, you're wasting your life behind a bank when she knows that she should be a chef. That's her dream. And she's trying to push Mm -hmm. her towards that. But what did she do with Prue? Prue wanted to be a photographer, but what did Grams do? Force her to go to college to get degrees in art history so she can work in a museum, not because it was her dream, but because it was going to help her earn money to support her family. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the role that she was being forced into. And we see the moments in the series where she breaks down because of that pressure, whether it be the where whether it be the first episode of season two when she's dealing with Andy and they misconstrue that the power of one means pro and she's just like, Oh yeah, it's my responsibility, isn't it? And <laughs> the that, older and- sister. Oh, exactly. she'd be the one to figure things out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then the mm-hmm. same thing in season three, where, you know, Piper's happy, Phoebe's happy. And Prue is once again on the sidelines, you know, helping her sisters be happy. And how does she deal with it? She starts astral projecting out in her sleep (laughs) to go and live a life that she's never been able to have. It's been addressed throughout the show that really the person who raised those girls was Prue. So that's why there's such a different dynamic and why 
it was never going to be easy for them to see her ghost in any capacity because they had a much different relationship with Prue than they did with Grams. For Grams, it's easy because it's almost like they had like a jovial relationship with her. It's like, yeah, we're just casual. (laughs) Yeah, with Prue, they're very attached, you know? Yeah, it's it's very different. Yeah. And um, I think if any sister died other than Prue, I think Prue would have taken it really hard because she would have wanted to be the one to die. She would have been upset that she was still alive. Yeah, so, she would have felt like she failed. Yeah, failed. Mm-hmm. You know, because that was her thing. She's meant to be the protector. So if one of them died, she yeah. failed in yeah. her duty to protect exactly. her sisters. So. Which, which you got to feel bad for her. It's like, Grams, you fucked that girl up. <laughs> oh. Like, but Grams, I- it was your job to take care of these kids, <laughs> not make the eldest step up, you know. And it is a thing that happens. It does happen in a lot of families where the eldest has to step up and become the parent. And, and it happened yeah. in this case. But Grams, damn, you should have done better. Uh, so I want to talk about some episodes where, you know, the characters – learned life lessons about death and you know learned they had to accept certain things because there's quite a few throughout all the all these all these seasons and things Uh (laughs) um and every sister like gets like their turn to learn it (laughs) because sometimes like or they learn it and then they forget they learned it and they have to learn it again (laughs) But but then again i think that that again is just so very natural because whenever you lose sure. someone it, it's di- going to be different every time and you'll process it differently every time depending on exactly. where you are in life and your relationship to that person so grief it's and 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 death it's never something you really stop learning about so i think it, it made sense that it kind of kept being revisited throughout the show yeah for sure um and i think about like too when when they do that seance in the summit area she's like when you lose someone, suddenly suddenly there are no goodbyes, you know? And she's like, be careful not to lose each other. And like, you know, that's, she's like, get through in those little life lessons in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> More like prepare because you're going to need to remember this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like Prue too, she had a hard time really coping with Patty's death. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think she probably looked up to her mom in the same way that her sisters look up to her. And so yeah. she was feeling those same feelings. And so, you know, we learned her from Fear to Eternity and P3H2O and all these things that she's going through. Death takes a Hallowell. So, oh. Yeah, I mean, we we heard when, when the girls finally, you know, get to see Patty for Piper's wedding and Prue says, I just wanted to make you proud. And, you know, so I'm sure probably in the back of her mind, she's like, is this what my mom would have done? Am I, am I making her proud? Would she be proud of the woman that I've become of how I've taken care of this family? And Patty said it. She said, you took care of this family better than I could have. And kind of true because Patty's dead and Prue was alive. So <laughs> <laughs> kind of not true. But, yeah. um, yeah, it, her mom was always, you know, her parental her parental issues were always very uh, open and sensitive topic, and I appreciated that. I always related to Prue with her daddy issues, very much relatable to me. But you know, everything just made sense and how they kept approaching it. You could just see this was always just going to be one of those things in her life where even when she thinks she's come to terms with it, she really hasn't. And it doesn't matter how many times she might, her mom might actually pop up into her life to give her life advice. At the end of the day, her mom is still dead. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just like, it's like, well, yeah, okay, you helped me now, but you're still dead and I still have to remember that you're dead. And I'm sorry, but that doesn't make me happy. Right. And that's why she thought of death as such an evil thing. Um, yeah. She's like, this was like the thing that takes everything I love away. And so it's, it's, that's why I love that Death Takes a Hollow episode because she realizes that, you know, death is just a part of life. You have to accept it, whether you like it or not. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful to um, discuss it and, and, and see that because so many people would have related to Prue in that episode where it's like, imagine if death was a real entity Entity. maybe maybe not with the cape and the scythe but still you know and you you know it's like oh well okay i blame you for all this shit and it's like well i didn't actually do anything i mean death doesn't go around killing people he just helps their souls move from one place to the next so you can't really blame him and when it's someone's time to go it's someone's time to go as hard as that is and he's just Mm -hmm. saying this is just life it sucks but it's life yeah Oh, and there's like, uh, I wanted to highlight some of the types of ghosts that we get from the power of two. Mm-hmm. The one that Phoebe looks at when she is, you know, looking for Jackson Ward stuff. Um, because there's a lot of different things on that page. I'm just looking at it now. <laughs> um, there's influences, which is like the mild, like vague feelings of ghostiness. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then we have poltergeist, which are the noisy, destructive ones. Uh, apparitions, which are the traditional ghosts, um, like the shadowy figures. Um, so, and those are the ones that like appear in like the haunted places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Phantasms of the living, which are apparitions of people who are still alive but are separated somehow. Physical body is separated from their spirit, so that's a fun mm-hmm. option. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're the person going through it, not so fun. I guess, yeah, not so fun. <laughs> Um, and then they said hauntings, which are the result of psychic phenomena uh, of, you know, I guess, traumatic experiences. So that's where mm-hmm. like the hauntings come from. So those are like the types of ghosts, which is yeah. just kind of fun to highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the afterlife and the and what happens to people after they die. <laughs> I really appreciate in the series that that wasn't ever something that we saw. We see what happens before you get to the afterlife. We've right. seen, you know, we've seen the, we've seen planes of existence. Like, oh, this is where you go before you go to the afterlife. But we've never actually seen the afterlife. It's good to exactly. kind of keep that mystery. I like that too, because we've never seen the ghost there. That has come to our realm. Yeah, exactly. And especially when, you know, you have Graham saying, it's like, I do have a life, you know, like she was in a conversation <laughs> with someone when she, gets, when she gets summoned and it's just like, what? It's just like, oh, what? You think because I'm dead, I can't have a life? It's like, it's a, it's the afterlife. You know, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. And there's got to be a really good hair salon there or something because every time she appears, her hair is different. <laughs> oh, I want, I want that salon. I want that yeah. one. Right. Maybe you can like magically will your hair to like change. Maybe. Cool. Yeah, yeah, look a bit like Metamorph Magus, like I'm, I'm Nymphadora Tonks, you know? I can mm. just change it when I want. Which There you, you know, go. If, if I want to change my hair, it costs me like 500 bucks and 10 hours to do so. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, and this is something I know. I know how you feel about the comic books because you're not a big fan of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I was going to have you on for issue zero and talk about how much you hate the comics. Uh, <laughs> Hates is strong, but very accurate, Lid. We don't have to go into it too much, but tell us a little bit about why you hate the comics. <laughs> because we're covering them now. so <laughs> I always have to remind myself that the books and the comics are not canon. They follow a completely different set of rules. And... I just can't, I can't accept it. I can't accept it. <laughs> you know, when you create a, a universe that has the, the supernatural, you create your own set of rules, mythology, law, whatever word you want to use. And you need those rules to get every story from A to B and make everything line up and make sense. And when you go against those rules, the entire universe just suddenly starts to crumble. It's, becomes a hot mess and it, it you know when somebody says something that they shouldn't you know that they're doing something then I'm just like mm, yeah but in season one we established that you can't <laughs> do that my brain fries because it's like the equivalent of you know we learn science in school and it's like if somebody came up to me one day and was just like you can set water on fire with just a match and I'd be like <laughs> well you can't it's like yeah but now you can it's like well science dictates you can't it's like yeah but now you can because i say so i'm like yeah right and that's exactly how it is it's like you can't create something establish something and then completely contradict it just because either you forgot or it suits you because then nothing makes sense anymore <laughs> it's just chaos. Yeah. It's just chaos. It is pure chaos. Yes. And I, I can't. It gives me anxiety. Yeah. So when we talk about this afterlife stuff, I'm going to bring up some comics concepts. And that's why I wanted to get that out of the way first. <laughs> breathe, <laughs> um, breathe. Breathe. Uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> this because uh, it, it bothers me too. Because, okay. <laughs> Uh, so let's go off just the afterlife the afterlife they call the beyond in the comics I guess or maybe it's the I guess they I don't think they ever actually say it in the show either but I guess it's just where they go the beyond yeah. sure okay, okay. <laughs> it is a region within the upper, re- upper regions where the elders are so the elders have access to the afterlife through a golden gate in the upper up theirs okay <laughs> interesting yeah (laughs) i was just trying to read your rage (laughs) (laughs) i mean if we okay i could if you kind of logically explain we know there are 11 planes of existence and that's not that's not even just charm mythology that's actually physics theory Um, and Charmed went with it, which is actually really cool. So we know there are 11 planes of existence and four that are, we can allegedly perceive. Um, so it's meant to be that the elders exist on the ethereal plane. And considering their elders and what their job is and the fact that they can connect with spirits in the next life, they can talk to them, we kind of do know this stuff. Um, yeah. 
I guess that kind of makes sense that there is kind of like a portal or a doorway that kind of create maybe like connects their plane to other planes of existence. So I don't think that's completely far-fetched. Maybe how they went okay. about it is a little askew, but um but yeah, yeah, I can I can see the elders plane um being connected okay. to other planes that that does make sense. Because to me it, I mean it, I like to think of it like yeah, it's like a sect of the upper regions that might not be like so easy to access, but should still have an option. Like there is some kind of maybe some kind of psychic link or some kind of way to to move around in there. Um, but yeah, it's it could make sense because that's what I was thinking about too. Because they say going back to the other side, like mm-hmm. the underworld, I consider the underworld kind of to be part of the physical plane too, because we see how easily the charm people can go into the underworld. But maybe they're, yeah, tele- I guess teleport. And then you have to go through like a neutral plane to, well, as you teleport. Every time you teleport, there's a neutral plane. But um, I think maybe there is a hell sect of the underworld <laughs> that's where like the more of the afterlife, the souls go versus like the demon part. Like I feel like the demon part is like the elder part of the up there's, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> In in the in the list of planes, um, so the underworld goes into the evil plane. Very original name, I know. Yeah. Underworld actually kind of sounds a lot better. So yeah, the underworld is meant to exist on the evil plane. Um, the afterlife is meant to exist on the spiritual plane, and so that's where when you die, that's where you go. It's also meant to be allegedly where guardian angels reside. Um, I think that that's weird. <laughs> I also hate the concept of guardian angels in season seven. That was a horrible episode for me. <laughs> like, I don't hate them in 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 total. It's more like if it's more like you know when we when we see um, Kyle jumping out a window and it's like telling him jump out the window that will save your life. That makes sense. Like if they come to you in like a life or death situation. But if you're saying without a guardian angel, suddenly everybody loses hand-eye coordination, fuck off. <laughs> right. We're all going to be tripping. We can't feed ourselves. We can't walk to the bathroom without a guardian <laughs> angel. That That's utterly stupid. I trip page, like, trip page, I can't trip over my lines. Paige tripped like five times on that episode. <laughs> like She did. Every comment, it's just like. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> It just makes no sense. I totally understand if, like, a a guardian angel comes to you, like, you're running for your life down a dark alley and you don't know whether to turn left or right and that little voice says, turn right. Yeah. That makes sense because they're there to preserve your life, you know, long enough to, like, fulfill whatever the hell your destiny may be. But to be like, remember to put one foot in front of the other when walking over carpets. It's just like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. Just no, but yeah, so underworld, evil plane, uh, ghosts in the afterlife when you have passed on, and <laughs> guardian angels, spiritual plane. Before the spiritual plane, however, is uh, the ghostly plane, and that is where we've we've seen that mostly in um, season seven, um, because that is where you transition before the spiritual plane. So it's a yeah. world that mimics... It mimics everything we have, except it's got nothing. It's like a little transition to make you feel a little comfortable before you move on to the next world. We see that death passes people through this plane from the physical plane to the ghostly plane into the spiritual plane. Yeah. So, 
we also so clearly we have a, a handful of entities who can pass <laughs> between all the planes. Right, because I hear it have I have some just notes here. It says the spiritual plane is where spirits who cannot or refuse to move on reside, and it says it's the only plane where plasma occurs. So where Olivia Calloway makes her plasma balls. Love that. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 where the mythology becomes very uh, conflicting because they do say with uh, Olivia that she is in this in the spiritual plane, but then it says the spiritual plane is for those who have already passed on, meaning they've accepted death. Yeah, so you you can't be both. Yeah, because Olivia definitely had not accepted death. Exactly, she, she'd gone a yeah. little cuckoo for cocoa puffs. <laughs> So, yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. So in Charmed Lord, does it coexist with the physical plane? And they're just like sitting there <laughs> and then you have to move on. When you move on, then you're in the afterlife part. It's very strange. I, um, feel, I feel like maybe ghosts kind of uh, can move between. This, this is just my theory because I don't think I don't think that they can go into the spiritual plane until they've properly moved okay. on. So I would think that maybe they're kind of bouncing between the physical plane and the ghostly plane which may mm. also be why they're they go a little bit mad because when you're in the ghostly plane there's nothing yeah. there's nothing there's no one and then you when you go into the physical plane there are people but you can't connect with them you can't talk to them unless you know they're already supernatural sure. beings so i would go a little crazy that's like solitude you know you're dead and now you can't talk to anyone do anything so yeah you'd, you'd go a little crazy I think that's understandable. Mm -hmm. So I think that they just kind of pass between the two because one, they're trying to hold on and the other is something is trying to help them move on. So they're kind of just going back and forth. Back and forth. That was cool. That makes sense. So they're just like between, between the betweens. <laughs> yeah. Because we see uh, those moments where, you know, suddenly, you know, they're talking to a ghost and then the ghost disappears. It's like, disappears. Well, where, where did they go? It's like, right, that's maybe true. they went into the ghostly plane. Mm -hmm. And the ghostly plane is the desolate, between life, life and death. There's no magic in the ghostly plane. That's magic. what it is. There's nothing. Um, Big and we've fat seen nada. Just emptiness. Emptiness and dark <laughs> lighting. Blue dark lighting. <laughs> <laughs> it's lighting. I love that. <laughs> um, but I do love that like in um, Courtship of, of Wyatt's Father when they do the ghostly plane and you see like the attic with nothing in it, it's like, whoa, this is crazy looking. <laughs> yeah, I know. The ghostly plane didn't hire a decorator. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess that's where Andy was in Deja Vu all over again. Maybe. But then it, uh, but his was brighter. His was brighter, though. It's not not the dark blue lighting. <laughs> um, I know that's mentioned somewhere. Hang on. I know. I, I, I wrote it down, too. Okay. Um. Yeah, they, they say that the they claim that the ghostly plane is where Prue meets Andy, even though, you know, obviously I kind of I kind of lean more into things that are established in season one and two than things that are in later seasons. You know, later. when Constance was around, that's where, you know, the show was yeah. top. Solid. Tier. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that, you know, they depicted something that is that their version of the ghostly plane, which is obviously a, the moment before you step into the spiritual plane. And that's why they were able to talk there, but where they had one thing that was familiar to them. So it was the swing from the park that they, you know, that was kind of their place, 
but also there was something about it that kind of gave you that feeling like I'm not where I think I am. I, I like that imagery better than, you know, when they're saying in season seven, they're like, yes, this is the ghostly plane and this is, you know, how we just to help the souls transition to the next life. I'm like, dude, if I came into this cold, desolate wasteland where it looks like post-apocalyptic <laughs> San Francisco, I want my <laughs> refund. Like Exactly. Like the this way is what, they this did- what my future looks like. This is what my afterlife looks like. Okay. Yeah, like no wonder some ghosts don't want to move on. If that's the first thing you say, I'd be like, uh, nil interest. <laughs> but whether how it was depicted in season one, where it's something that a is familiar to them, but mm-hmm. also has that feeling of you know, like Dorothy, like we're not in Oz anymore, right? You know, I, I like that depiction a lot more because it it did have that kind of calming effect. Where I think it's just like, yeah, I can, I can be okay. I'm okay. We can, yeah. we can move on. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, Here's one thing that's interesting, though, and it's not listed in any of the 11 planes of existence, and that's Limbo. Limbo. Yeah, I was looking at that, too. And that is where people go if they want to be reincarnated, where they want to pass, you know, into the suction uppy thing, the portal. <laughs> Sucky uppy thing. Wow. But yeah, limbo, and I feel like that's that's more of a cultural thing. At least you know, and this is only only Zen masters can go there, or like if maybe if you cho- if you're a ghost and you make the choice to want to be reincarnated, then you'll go there, or you're thinking about it. Or- I definitely don't think it's a choice because we have we've dealt with reincarnation in the show so i think it's more that everybody doesn't get reincarnated it's more that either and this is my theory just going off what we've seen in the show that either you have done something very bad and you need to atone for it or you haven't completed something in that life and you need another you get a second Mm. chance you don't get a third or a fourth you only get reincarnated once and and that's it so that's my theory because we know that Every single charmed one has been reincarnated once. Yeah. And I think that they were all pretty damn good reasons. So Prue, Prue, Piper, Phoebe, uh, (laughs) they, we all know they were cousins in the 1920s and uh, Phoebe's past life, Pearl, she was, uh, she was a bad witch. She's a bad witch. She fell in love. (laughs) She she fell in love with a bad guy, which, you know, she carried that trait on into the next life. (laughs) (laughs) And so she was reincarnated. It's like, okay, you need to do better next time because your life choices sucked. But then the same thing happened with uh, Prue and Piper's past lives, uh, Phoebe and Priscilla. And so if anybody was wondering, it's like, oh, but they were good witches. And my question to you is, were they? <laughs> they murdered their cousin. Their they flesh and blood. Like, y'all want to be like, oh, they were the good witches. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see the options that they had. They could have bound Pearl's powers. They <laughs> could have completely stripped them. They could have, you know, used that amulet to scry for Anton and then vanquish his sorry ass. They had a million options to handle that situation and their genius brains went we're going to murder our cousin and curse her in every future life just to be sure it's like oh so now you're not just killing her you're killing future versions of her who may not have done anything wrong like and both of their past i mean all their past lives too did seem a little 
cold, a little distant, a little abrasive towards everybody. You know, that just seemed a little off. So maybe they were yeah. a little too in the to themselves. You know. Yeah. So I, I think that they were all pretty fucked up. Like none, <laughs> none of them were good. So the three of them get reincarnated, and they get to do two things different. One, they get to be better people, and two. They get to form a better bond by being sisters instead of cousins. It's like you sucked as family. Now you're going to be sisters, <laughs> and let's see how you do this time. So that actually works. It yeah. totally makes sense. It's you, all three of you, made mistakes in your past life with giving you a second chance. Do better, and guess what? New destiny, charm one, save the world. La 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 la. <laughs> Paige, evil enchantress. She did some fucked up shit too, and so the universe went. Um, yeah, here's the door. You're going to do this a second time. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> and she didn't. She did. She did well. You know, she, mm-hmm. she gets her destiny too, and she gets, a, a, she gets a do over. And it, we have to, even though they messed up with the timeline, we have to assume that. <laughs> don't they? Damn with the timeline. God damn. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Um, we have to assume we know that uh, Priscilla was uh, for a time in a relationship with Leo's past life we don't know what his name would have been Uh, we just know that he existed he would have either had to have died in uh, 1924 or a couple years prior because Leo was also born in 1924 Mm -hmm. so (laughs) you can't be reincarnated if the soul still exists this this is how it works Mm -hmm. So we have to assume he, I'm going to assume that he was already dead during this time and Priscilla just didn't know it. She was living a different life. She'd moved on. She didn't know. Yeah. And perhaps he wasn't really that great a person either. And so he gets reincarnated and he becomes a better person. He becomes a a medical doctor in the war and he did such a good job. They're like, you know what? You did really good in this life. We're going to make you a white lighter. It's like, we're rewarding you for your good deeds. So everybody got a chance at reincarnation. So you have to assume that mm, some things went wrong the first time around. Right. And, and and so we can assume that those versions passed through limbo and mm-hmm. ended up getting so, a, a second go. Yeah. And so, and you would say that the universe sends them in there just from reading their souls. It's not something that they choose. It's something that the universe kind of knows that this is oh, a, yeah. an opportunity for them. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like you, you, you would almost kind of, even though it's not, it's total. It's not addressed. It's not done. It has that feel of um, Egyptian mythology when they believe they die that their hearts were weighed against a feather, and if it matched the yeah. feather, you led a good life. If it didn't, uh, you're off to hell. And it's it's kind of like that. Yeah, the universe is weighing. How did you do in this life? Do you deserve to go straight to like if it's hell? <laughs> do you deserve to go to hell? Do you deserve to move on, or do you deserve a second chance? And based on that, depends on where you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have seen in the series, The Cosmic Void. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another, one of the many spaces between life and death. It seems like they're endless. Um, but <laughs> in this, it's, you're like trapped. Like you're like, it's not like the ghostly plane, but you don't move in and out of it. You're stuck in this cosmic void and you can like look into other planes and it just seems really weird. <laughs> they can't interact with the planes, but they can see, they can observe. 
is it established as a plane of existence or would you say it's like more like a dimension? And maybe it sounds more of like a dimension to me, I think, because it, because it, to me, it almost like exists like somewhere, like a little pocket yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Because it, it, that sounds more like um, what happened in Apocalypse Not when mm-hmm. the merging of the, the Charm Ones and the Four Horsemen accidentally opened a vortex they weren't sent you know war and prue weren't sent to a a kind of another plane they were they were stuck in a vortex and which i guess by that theory you could say that a vortex is kind of like a place between planes and that's kind of where they suck so that kind of lines up with what you just said because in the 11 planes there is a cosmic plane and that's meant to be the realm of the fates and people like the angels of destiny reside in the cosmic plane yes i love your mythology too you're such a like connoisseur of that stuff so it's great to get this i have been called a walking charmed encyclopedia more than once (laughs) in my life (laughs) but yeah apparently this cosmic void is the same place where like cole was in the seven-year witch Okay. And like we're kind of like where Piper was when she was like in that thorn demon. Yeah. So I don't it's it's interesting because I kind of feel like I mean Piper was dying, but she wasn't yeah. completely dead. So it's almost it's almost like she was in the ghostly plane, but she wasn't because it was depicted completely differently. But she was dying. She and there was the other, and she was, you know, teetering between life and death, and nobody could see her. You right. know, and every time right. she tried to like go somewhere, she was basically pulled because she's still attached to attached. her body. So that's that's the area where you were saying people, you know, when they have kind of, you know, out of body experiences they're alive but they're not dead right and that's essentially what was happening to piper but again that that's not she wasn't in the spiritual plane and it just it leans more into the ghostly plane and i'd just say like they depicted it wrong because that's the writers and that's what they do then they're notorious for yeah (laughs) so yeah (laughs) cool but yeah that's where in my brain, that's what I'm thinking, like, cosmic void territory, even though it's kind of vague. <laughs> Very vague. <laughs> Very vague. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have, in Charmed, the demonic wasteland, which is strange because, you know, it's where the essences of demons who have been vanquished go because we know that demons don't have souls. Mm-hmm. So it's like their powers go there i guess to get eaten <laughs> right <laughs> um, but gonna, <laughs> i'm not gonna get into what that actually is in the comics because they change <laughs> they change it um but yeah it just, it just makes me wonder like what like what is that is like is this another plane is this does it exist in the um, underworld somewhere is it something different well one thing is that allegedly where I would say that the, I would say that little realm, that demonic <laughs> wasteland exists on the astral plane uh, because in the astral plane, uh, affinity, infinity is frozen and it's where uh, souls of the vanquished go. And 
that is literally <laughs> what happens. We see demons, they're vanquished, they go there, and yeah. the magic kind of resides there. And you know, they were either eaten by a, a lovely little beast, or you know, they're like Colin's just like, ah, screw you, I'm sticking around. <laughs> we also know that the Nox demons in season eight couldn't be vanquished, so they Bash. were sent. Mm-hmm. So they were sent to the astral plane because they'd be frozen in a semi-vanquished state there. Yeah. So that was yeah, like the best way to get rid of them. Yeah, because ti- there's there's no time in the astral plane, so it's yeah, yeah kind of stuck there. And if we kind of also, if we think about it, we we know uh, we know when. Phoebe ventured into the into the realm of Earth where uh, Cole was. She astral projected. She did, yeah. She astral projected to get to there, which we, to get there, which would then further indicate the, that the it was on the astral plane. plane. I um, like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, also, we and also Chris has ventured into the astral plane. You know, which was uh, that was really weird because they're like almost making it sound like there's a demonic market in the astral plane because of those <laughs> stupid Stillman sisters. It's like, oh yeah, we have this athame. We believe it comes from the astral plane. Like, it's like what? You think they're selling knives there? Really? And it's got the triple crystal on it too. Like, hmm. <laughs> the fact that Chris was like, he didn't even hesitate, be like, okay. Like, yeah, sure. Like, my ass would have been like, really? Really? <laughs> okay. I'm going to think something is wrong because I, I, I don't think the charm ones are that stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it took, it, took him, it took him a while, so he wasn't that bright either. <laughs> and we know that's where Abraxas was too, was on the astral plane. It was on the astral so, plane. That's very true. So, interesting. So yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of things go on in the astral plane. It's a busy, busy time. I know the astral plane has been depicted in uh, the comics. I don't agree with their depiction. <laughs> Prue going off into the astral plane to look for shit. Like, no. <laughs> oh. stop, stop the insanity i'm gonna be thinking about you every time i like go through a new issue i'm like what would ashley be thinking of this right now ashley would be ripping her hair out right now <laughs> uh, and then we also know that there's purgatory and this is like a real thing in mythos general mythos too yeah. um but they say it's between Earth and the underworld, <laughs> and this is where it's like a essentially like a prison for people. So uh, it says like for banished demons and other evil beings. So like I don't believe demons here are actually vanquished. They're just like sent mm-hmm. there, like banished there. It's kind of like with the, with the astral plane. It's just another place to be banished uh, and just like, jailed. I would think it's uh purgatory because in the series it's that word that name doesn't really pop mean up. anything yeah but i think that that can be used as not so much a plane but kind of uh an area a designated area within mm. the underworld because we have areas in the underworld where people are not allowed to go because the worst of the worst are, ki- are literally imprisoned there we know that the tall man was imprisoned there because he was too powerful and the source was afraid of him we know zanku was uh banished and imprisoned in a part of Mm -hmm. the underworld so we could we could speculate that those two entities were in purgatory which is really barbus was there for a little bit too between between vanquishes (laughs) so so we could literally just speculate that it's kind of like um hell's prison 
Yeah, I can see so that. It's, it's the underwill prison. If if you're just like you're too dangerous for either side, which is which is going to put you over in this tunnel here, mm-hmm. and we're just going to pretend you don't exist. Yeah, beware the lava pit. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> and then I did want to talk about time loops a little bit mm. too. Time loops are interesting. Time loops are interesting. <laughs> Because a time loop, I think, can exist on any plane. It's mm-hmm. pretty much, it's, it's pretty much just except the astral you know, plane because time doesn't move there. Right, exactly. Right, except there. Um, <laughs> but it's like where you know a loop of time. Time keeps repeating itself. The day is repeating itself. <laughs> uh, and we've seen you know deja vu all over again. That was a physical plane time loop. But then mm-hmm. there's you know like the good, the bad, and the curse, or the bow. And then there's show ghouls, which were other time loops. Mm-hmm. So. I have a question. Do you think that people in these time loops have already died and are stuck? Or are they alive but on a different plane and only die once the time loop is broken? That is a very deep question. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. I... Okay, so time loops and planes of existence go into, I would say, go into two different categories. And that's just even just thinking on physics terms. But this is the land of magic. So we, <laughs> so we had to break it down into, into magic terms. And I kind of want to use um, the short-lived TV series Witchblade as a reference. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have never seen it, but I do know about it. I actually featured it uh, and it was one of my other podcasts. So <laughs> I, I totally recommend watching it. Okay. Peak of its time never should have been canceled. It's two seasons, right? Yeah. Or is it one? Okay, two. Okay, yeah. Two. Um, in one episode, there's kind of uh, the character, the main character, Sarah Pizzini, who possesses the Witchblade. She is kind of talking to um, almost like past lives. And she recognizes them as herself and they're, they're really just different bearers of the Witchblade in different times. And one of them existed during the war and she's talking to her and, and she's just like, so you're from the past? And she's like, time is not standing still. Time is fluid and it's always moving. So they're kind of saying that even, so if we're looking at everything on the physical plane, it's more like every moment in time is kind of layered on top of each other. And if you do one thing, one time can intersect with another and into another and into another. So that is kind of how I would look at time loops. All time loops exist on the physical plane and every time is interconnected. So they're happening at different Mm -hmm. times, but a time loop affects one moment in time and literally keeps it on a loop. And therefore, there are moments where, like we've seen people magically move into a time loop. So because it's still within the same plane, that's why they're able to access it. So time loops both exist in its own time and in the exact same time as everything Mm. else because everything is moving together, which is also why people are able to time travel. Trable? That's not a word. (laughs) (laughs) Why they're able to time travel in this universe. It's not that they're entering a different plane. It's all the same plane. It's just a different time, but all time is moving at the same time. Yeah. It's it's fluid in constant motion. So if you look at it like that, uh, things make a little bit more sense, or at least I hope that I've said it in a way that makes sense. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, anytime you get to these concepts, you're just like, ooh, <laughs> it's so cool, though. Like, it is. <laughs> yeah. It is, especially, you know, the way that they discuss it, that, you know, a time loop is either a curse that is either created by someone or an event. And I, the, the, the person one, that's just like, yeah, someone was a dick. But the event one, that one yeah. is like, that's, that's like gives you chills because, exactly. you know, when, when we go back into that moment in, in season three and you just find out that it was the fact that this innocent man was brutally killed and everybody just sat back and watched it happen, that it was such a cruel event that it created a time loop. Yeah, and like a universal all- trauma. Yeah, they're, they're all stuck reliving this moment until they just choose to do something differently. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's really cruel because they don't know they're in a time loop, so they don't yeah. know that they should do anything differently. So they're punished to keep going and going and going, and you just hope in one version of this loop that maybe one of them will do something differently. But no, it ended up having to be Prue and Cole coming to save the day. So thank God for that. Right. but in that same moment um i would theorize that two planes of existence collided in that episode to allow uh phoebe to uh connect Mm. with our lovely little time loop psychic (laughs) because psychic link oh yes (laughs) (laughs) um because there is meant to be uh, one of the planes is called the mental plane and it's meant to be where mental abilities come from. So premonition, telepathy, telekinesis, empathy, projection, stuff like that. So you would kind of say that that plane can recognize people who have those abilities because that's where, where their abilities come from. So you had Phoebe has the exact same ability as help me because I've forgotten his name. The bow. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Bo and Phoebe have the same abilities. So their abilities come from the same plane. So mm. in that plane, they would be an intersect by their abilities alone. So you can theorize that there was a plane kind of in that episode. It just wasn't depicted in the way that we would think, but the mental plane exists yeah. and it was kind of in play in there. So there's that. Cool. Cool. So, I guess getting back to the question I asked, I don't. What, what does that mean for it? That <laughs> or maybe it's both. Maybe they they are alive and dead at the same time. Um, it's it's, it's hard. It is. Um, in in I would say in the time loop they're not dead because they keep coming back, but mm-hmm. in every other version of that time they are dead except for that one little pocket of time they're alive in that pocket but in every other time time continues to move forward so in those times they're dead okay yeah i could buy that it makes sense to me (laughs) cool (laughs) well that's fun fun to talk about (laughs) ah that's all i had on my list anything else that you want to say there, there really are there's so many planes. So I many. Mean, they're, they're 11, and we haven't even, I think we right. mentioned half of them. Right. There's, there's also meant to uh, be, <laughs> there was also meant to be 
Um, one was the Casual Plane, which is not a very <laughs> original name, very cash. Um, it's meant to be the highest and most mysterious of the 11 planes and little is known about it. So, you know, who knows? Um, they say that in the Casual Plane, it's meant to be where deities dwell. Mm-hmm. And if you look at that, then I would say it was where you would find like spirits like Shakti and Shiva, that that's where they reside because it's like, where did they come from when they're summoned during a wedding and then possess Piper and Leo? It's like, well, where were they originally? So you could say they reside in the casual plane until they're summoned into the physical plane. (laughs) Fun. So that's that theory. Um, we know, uh, we've already done ethereal plane, evil plane, ghostly plane. Um, there's a good plane. So you have an evil plane and a good plane, but the good plane is meant to be the origin of good magic and morality. And it is a place that enables mortals to choose between right and wrong. I have no idea how that plays into things, how that (laughs) intersects with the physical, (laughs) It kind of sounds like they exist at the same time. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe good. Maybe the good plane has a tie into time loops. Uh, at least the version where if you do something bad, you get stuck in a time loop. Maybe the good play plane kind of influences that. Mm. I have no idea. These are just <laughs> theories. Sure. Um, uh, there's also meant to be the love plane. The love plane. The love plane. Not to be confused with the love boat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another show. (laughs) (laughs) So many references today. Um, Yeah, the love plane um, is meant to be a realm reached only by climactic energy achieved through lovemaking. Oh, fun. Does that take... um, does that play appearance in your books? <laughs> <laughs> my books. While, yeah. m- while many people in my books do reach a climactic energy, uh, I, 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 they, they did not um, reach another plane of existence. Okay. In but... Not yet. Um, <laughs> that's coming in book six. <laughs> See? Okay. <laughs> um... No, but it's interesting that that exists because that actually ties into really old um, pagan beliefs. Uh, And even though it's not something that's ever been depicted in the show, I I don't think it was depicted in the books and God help me if it was depicted in the comics. Um, I really want to know how they would depict that in drawings. <laughs> no, I want to see that illustration quickly. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, in in a lot of old uh, religions and a lot of pagan faiths, uh, the act of sex was actually very spiritual and very sacred, and is one of the reasons why uh, women were actually very uh, revered and respected because they believed that it was essentially during orgasm that you could see god it's it's even something that's even addressed in the da vinci code and so people did believe that this was a very spiritual act and that you could you know because a lot of a lot of people back in the day didn't really believe in homosexuality so they (laughs) believed that this is only something that could be achieved through sex with a woman that she was the key and so back then 
before Christianity, women were very revered and respected because they were meant to be like this key because they could give life. So that meant that they were kind of like this key to a whole other plane of existence. So apparently we're doorways. And okay, fine. <laughs> sex unlocks the door. <laughs> Only if she gets her happy ending, okay? So That's there, true. There, so there's a note to all the selfish guys out there. If you want to see heaven, make her happy. Mm-hmm. Baking um, it doesn't work. It doesn't do the trick. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's very interesting that, that they have a, a love plane. But like I said, um, even though I don't think it was depicted in the show or anything, just the fact that, it does actually have ties in real world uh, culture and religions. Um, does make it interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Adds in that. Yeah. Oh, here's something. We have seen that souls mm-hmm. are used as like currency, and they barter with souls. <laughs> that so, is true. so yeah. So it's like, and we have like. The soul fairy and demon. We have Karen, the soul fairy and demon, who's you know based off Greek mythology, but it's not mm-hmm. depicted in the quite the same way. But <laughs> um, but it's interesting. So like, how? I mean, I guess they she makes deals in the physical world with people to get their souls, or they you know kind of do the Faustian deal for souls, I guess too. But like, if if souls that are sent like bad people that are sent to the underworld like elias lundy because he was like somewhat banished to the underworld for some reason do they go to these people like sargon had them too because mm-hmm. i guess but he was the faustian deal stuff so hmm it makes sense that um that we have this concept of using souls as a currency especially among demons and and other uh, evil entities because Souls are very powerful, magical, mm, I'll just say things. And (laughs) the power that comes from them is called on during magic. It is uh, your essence. There is a lot of power to it. So if you're someone who is looking for a power boost, uh, going with a soul, great way to do that. Or if you're the type of entity who your whole thing is that you feed on souls, this is just you grocery shopping, really. <laughs> right. So, so that that works too. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty good concept that you know, obviously, uh, good beings aren't likely to do this because they're good. Um, <laughs> so they definitely, I, th- I think, for two reasons, you know, the forces of good want uh souls to move on to the afterlife one for their own sake you know it's like you know this you you deserve a little bit of r&r for you know Mm -hmm. the life you've had here's your thing but the other side would just be you really don't want evil to get their hands on any of things because it would be like a huge power source like mm -hmm. like if you think about that if demons were able ooh, or a, a very big theory just popped into my head oh fun (laughs) (laughs) sometimes where my brain goes i don't know what's going to happen but it's always interesting when we get there yeah okay season three aims aims objective was not just stealing power from witches he was stealing magic so that he could gain the ability yeah white light good evil everywhere yeah yeah so that he could go up to the realm of the elders yeah what if that wasn't really his goal? Ooh. 
You just said that there's a doorway in the realm. We're, to, we're saying that there's the a doorway. Yeah. Yeah, which would be an endless power source of souls. So what if he was? <laughs> what if the only way to get there, if you're a living being, yeah. is you have to go through one plane to get yeah. to the next? So what if it was just a stepping stone? What if he wasn't trying to get the elders? What if he's just trying to get to the afterlife to cash in on a really huge oh endless gosh. supply of souls? Yeah. <gasps> oh, <laughs> mind blown! It's like screw white letters and their witches. I got these. I got dead people. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. There's only a handful of elders, and white letters only have a certain set of powers, so they're really not much. He got what he got right. from one, and it wasn't just because he's like, I want the powers of white. He just wanted to be able to orb because that's the only way he can get there. And then what? You get the power of the elders, but there's only a handful of them. What do you do then? That's a, a limited power supply, whereas mm-hmm. the afterlife, we're talking about millions, if not billions. And of continuous. Souls. Yeah. So yeah. you have this endless power source. He would have, if he had been able to get into that plane, which using that one plane to the next, he would have ended up being the most powerful being in all of yeah. existence if he had done that which yeah. if you if that is if we go with that theory that would actually make Ames the smartest <laughs> evil entity Charmed has ever seen way smarter than Zanku who was just like yeah. I just want to steal the Charm one's power in Book of Shadows and he's like fuck that shit right I'm going to next level <laughs> Uh, and it would be a warlock to want to because they're so used to being below the ranks and wanting to raise up there. And they're the ones that have these ingenious ideas. A demon would be like, I'm content where I am. <laughs> they wouldn't even think about that, I don't think. So, yeah, demons yeah. have a bit of an ego. And yeah. warlocks have to, you know, they ha- have to kind of be thrifty. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we get power? And And we look at some of the warlocks that we've faced the plans that they come up with to get power are actually way smarter than a lot of the demons. Right. You know, we had Devlin, which is weird to say because my brother's name is Devlin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but what was Devlin doing? He wasn't going the after witches. Yeah. Muses, like who, yeah. no demon thought of that. And he's just like, muses, endless inspiration to constantly fuel me and give me ideas that will take me to the next level. Mm-hmm. You know, even if we're going back to Matthew Tate, even for his day, he was the sure. first person who was, you know, going after the most powerful witch, whereas nobody and else he was, was trying. the way through. He's just like, this is me. Take it or leave it. I got plans. I got to do I'm going to do stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then he's, and then he ends up in the future and it's just like, Cool. I, I wasn't I was it's like okay well I'm still gonna do what I was doing it's like exactly. oh cool now there's three of you well I'll just go for each one of you yeah and he's like oh. but even he would have probably picked up oh they're actually they would actually probably be a lot more powerful mm-hmm. now so that's more so yeah warlocks are actually pretty damn crafty yeah. and smart in charmed versus demons who are just like right. I've got power but I'll <laughs> go for a little bit more <laughs> And what they think is like total world domination—it's it's short-lived. But yeah, yeah I, if if I go with that theory, which is probably the I best like theory I've ever it's had, great. it's so great. <laughs> it gives me a whole new appreciation for Ames. I mean, he was at that for a long time. Yeah, he, he didn't just go for any. He was killed like years for, ago, right? Yeah, he was you at know? this for centuries, and he's yeah. just 
it's not like I'm just going to take any witch's power. He was very particular Targeting. in what he was after. Yeah. He was patient. He took his time. He knew what he wanted and he had the drive and the patience to go and get it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. If I'm if I go with this, my incredibly awesome new theory, I'm I'm gonna call it Ames is actually the best villain in charmed history. <laughs> I'm glad that we got to there on this podcast. It's like what a wonderful <laughs> journey this has been. Things <laughs> oh, you discover just through basic conversation. Exactly. Just like I just unraveled the entire charmed universe. <laughs> the mystery of life, I now know. Um, oh. That's great, though. I love that. Me too. <laughs> How fun! Oh. <laughs> um, Who doesn't it? Yeah. Now I want to yeah. go back and watch that episode just so I can be like, "Go Ames!" Exactly. <laughs> like you're evil, but I think you're an evil genius. So I kind of appreciate evil genius. You. I want to just sing <laughs> I mean, come on! What did the source do? The source wasn't even after power because he already thought he was super powerful. So he yeah. was just like, "I just want to kill other people who have power and might want to kill me." But aside from that, he didn't actually do anything. The source he's, he, Yeah, he's like, "I just want to sit on my throne and let everybody like cower before me and love me and whatever." <laughs> yeah, literally, that's all yeah. it is. So. Yeah. Yeah, if you there are a lot of go-getters in the show and the ones who actually do something and have an impact, the ones who really have a plan were the ones who were like super impressive. And the source even though he is depicted as, you know, the biggest form of evil, he wasn't very impressive. No. 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 Pretty milk toast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I don't know what else to say now. I'm just like so happy with like high <laughs> off of excitement off of this. <laughs> uh, where can people follow you and find you and see you and stuff? Um, I am mostly on Twitter these days, ADB underscore stories, where I mostly just promote a lot of my writing and the books and let people know what platforms they are and when they're coming out on paperback. Um, I do have Twitter, which is also ADB underscore stories, um, because I don't, but I mean, you can still follow me there. If you message me, I'll talk yeah. to you. I'm not a bitch. Yeah. Except for when <laughs> I'm a bitch. <laughs> it's all for the right reasons though. <laughs> totally. And yeah. aside from that, you can, you know, find my, my profiles and my books on Good Novel, iReader, iStory and Amazon. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yeah, and you can follow this podcast at Words of the Witch. Oh, look at that! It's a beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> That's, That's gorgeous. Famous plug. I know is it stunning. Oh my I, gosh! I know. I love this book so much. That's gorgeous. I know. Oh I goodness. actually, I regret the fact that there's a moon there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, I you're know. so. You're so wonderful. Oh, I can't wait for the next one to come out, but my my editor's taking her time. Okay. Fair okay. enough. She well, has a life and children yes. and a podcast yes. of her own. See? We're all creating things. We're all doing stuffs. Everybody <laughs> um, is busy. Yeah, that's true. These are the times. <laughs> These are the days we live in. Uh- <laughs> These are the days of our lives. Yes. 
Um, and anyway, you can find this podcast at Words of the Witches everywhere, except for Twitter, where it's Words of Witches. It's a little bit different. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see you for the next comic issue after this, and more bonus content, I'm sure. We'll come up with more topics, but yay! yay! <laughs> Thank you for joining me. This was amazing. <laughs> My pleasure. I had a great time. Yeah, I'm glad we got to make it happen. Ooh. Me too. Basta, what is <laughs> your destiny still awaits? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>